Today on Karina and Kirsten Get to Work, we're talking about the holidays at work. Scrooge, Tiny Tim, and Cindy Lou Who from Whoville. Come on, who doesn't love Cindy Lou Who? <laughs> Welcome to Krina and Kirsten Get to Work. I'm Krina Hoyer. And I'm Kirsten Barron. And we are so happy you've chosen to listen to our podcast today. So happy. so happy. As you know, Kirsten and I want every woman, woman, women, all the women, to have ease, meaning, and joy in their workplaces and in their lives. And what better time than the holidays to get some ease, meaning, and joy? For, for some, for sure. Mm-hmm. No, you- I'm saying that's what we're wanting. That is what we want. Yeah. That's what we're wanting. That's what we're wanting. (laughs) Did you kick off the holiday season in any particular fancy way? Well, you know, it was a different Thanksgiving for, I think, everybody. Certainly for me, usually we have this massive, like, 35-person Thanksgiving. And this Thanksgiving, we did not. We all stayed in our little houses. And I didn't even really cook. I mean, I cooked some, but I bought my Thanksgiving dinner. I delivered it to the people who come to our Thanksgiving usually. That's interesting because yeah. uh, I think of you as a cook. I mean, I'm we talk about food. You bust out with the food analogies all the time. You know, I love it. You've like you and my youngest mm-hmm. are food. That's our that's food our kids together. That's where we come together. Our and, mind melts. And you, why did you buy the food? The part of the holiday that I love is the gathering and the giving and the gratitude. And I knew that if I was cooking, I would not feel grateful. I would not feel loving. And I wanted to be loving and grateful in these weird as stink times. And I knew I was just going to be doing a lot. And I did. I mean, I delivered to, we had Thanksgiving dinner delivered at three different houses and two different like socially distanced outside events. And we also, I think most importantly, in my own family, we acknowledge the Coast Salish people and thank them for the land and for, and I'm going to get a little weepy about this because it was sweet. Um, just thank them for taking such good care of the land that we could be on it, that we could enjoy this time. And that was a part of Thanksgiving that we had not done before is to just acknowledge that what it means to us is really different than what it means to Indigenous people here in the United States. And I wanted to bring that into our Thanksgiving with gratitude and thankfulness. Uh Uh-huh. Wow. Yeah, it was good. And also, we ate grilled oysters because I was like, how can I find anything on the land that the Native people would have eaten that my family will eat? And it was oysters. I love it. So we added a first course of oysters. That's really interesting. So you just you just like blew the entire day up. You didn't cook, you bought it. You didn't gather, you delivered. Yes. The food that you ate was in some ways an acknowledgement of the First Nations mm-hmm. people, the Coast Salish people who were here before us. And you introduced a land acknowledgement to your holiday. Mm-hmm. It was so fun. That's kind of a model, I think, for what many people have been asked to do. Oh, yeah. For sure. So many things given up. How do you find more joy, gratitude, and meaning when you've had to give up so much? Yeah. yeah. That's a beautiful story. And I, I love the whole land acknowledgement piece, too, because I think that's really so important. And it's certainly something that we're hearing and seeing more, even in even in public meetings, even in, you know, gatherings of all kinds. And I think modeling that is especially 
on Thanksgiving. That's great, Kirsten. I'm so glad that you had your family in some way, shape, or form be able to celebrate collectively, even if it was at the doorstep. At the doorstep. Delivering a turkey. Totally bizarre. It's somebody else made. Okay, so what about you, friend? Uh, it, mine was totally different, too. As everyone knows, my eldest doesn't live with us anymore. He moved out, not because he hates us, but because it was <laughs> age-appropriate. And um, <laughs> and so he came back for a meal on the back porch. You know, we have a covered porch, and it wasn't raining here in Washington that day. You have a day. magical back porch. And so we all snuggled up in front of, like, propane heaters in blankets and ate not traditional Thanksgiving food because we don't really like traditional Thanksgiving food and did some Zoom calls with families and whatnot. You know, it was kind of the same. It was like, how can we make the best of this day but also maintain safety and collectively celebrate but also acknowledge that what we're doing matters. Like how we are behaving in this time of COVID matters. And so to me, being safe meant more than getting together with a whole bunch of people. Yeah. It was hard. I agree. It, it was hard. It was hard. And we're kind of facing down a whole bunch of other holidays mm-hmm. that our people are going to be facing the same exact choices. I mean, Christmas is kind of an obvious one. Hanukkah is an obvious one. But you pulled a list off the internet that is insane. Yeah. I, so first of all, I mean, I feel like I'm the episode hog recently because like I really wanted to talk about anger. I really want <laughs> to talk about holidays. I just want listeners to know I'm the total episode hog. And this is another hog. I love the holidays. I just love the holidays. And I even love them in this time, maybe even more so in this time, because it's something to look forward to. It's something. Sorry. <laughs> okay, I have to pause here. I don't. We're gonna leave this in. Normally, I cut out all the crazy sounds, but Kirsten just paused to move her headphones back up onto her head. The reason she did that <laughs> did that is because, and so you can hear her coat, right? It's because we're in the barn. It's freaking freezing out here. Kirsten has her headphones over her like ear warmer thing which is now squishing her glasses down and her hair is all messed up and every time I look over at her it's like I'm looking at a different person we're all so bundled up something else just for you just for you just for your podcast just so you can have our podcast our our pod yours and our podcast pleasures anyway okay back to Back to this. I look like a weird bird all wrapped up in a black puffy. (laughs) With your eyes all squished. I know, with my eyes all squished because my glasses and my ear thing. Whatever. Oh, my God. Okay, back to the holidays. Okay, can we get back to the holidays, We can get back to the holidays. And this is the part that I really, there is something about December, whether it is spiritual or whether it is practical. Because it's cold, it's dark. Maybe people just make up these holidays because it entertains them. Or maybe there really is some spiritual energy in the world this time of the year. It's what I choose to believe. I know others don't, but I mean, whatever it is, something crazy is happening in December. In December, yeah. Because it goes on and on and on with the holidays. If you're a Buddhist, there's Bodhi Day. If you're a Christian, come on, there's just a plethora of possibilities anywhere from Advent, one of my favorite, all the way through like, you know, St. Sylvester's Day. It's crazy. There's so many Hindus have a holiday. There's lots of pagan holidays. There's secular holidays. There's something called human light. There's Hanukkah. Of course, there's Hanukkah. Mm -hmm. There's Kwanzaa. There's just 
everybody has a holiday. And so that's the thing that I like so much about December because everybody's got an oar in the water. Yeah. And we just have to make room for all those different oars. Yeah. You know what my favorite one is? I'll, I do like Christmas. I do love me some Christmas. Mm-hmm. But solstice. Oh, solstice. You know, where the the returning of the mm-hmm. light. Mm-hmm. So anyway, that's just my it's little a plug. beautiful one. I, and it is coming right up. I am holding out for that. We've just got a couple more days. But I think we just have a couple more days in this darkness. But I do think that, you know, I love Christmas too. You know, I'm a Christian. I'm a Jesus lover. But I really have to call myself and remind myself of just the expanse of experiences there are this time of year. Mm-hmm. Like, who are you? Who are you in the holidays? Oh, then? my gosh. So that was how I started it out, which is who are you? Is it Scrooge, Tiny Tim, or Cindy Lou Who from Whoville? And I just, and it was funny because when I was saying these to Karina, she was like, I don't even know if she knows who all these people are because she's just not obsessed with the holidays like <laughs> I am. I thought you were going to make some reference to my knowledge of popular culture, which no, you no, have as well. No, you know, because both I of us fairly a, are not up on popular culture. You, okay. So... Okay, are you a Scrooge? I don't really enjoy the holidays. Um, I don't really want to celebrate this with my coworkers. Um, there's the, what I call the Tiny Tim model, which is just to do it because you feel guilty. Because remember, Tiny Tim was the one who made Scrooge feel guilty about his behavior, yeah. right? So there's yeah. the Tiny Tim model, and there's Cindy Lou Who, right, who just brings Christmas to everybody, Right, she's you? the heart of Christmas. You know what? I wish I was as pure as Cindy Lou Who, but that's what I try to be. Yeah, yeah. It's funny. I I do love the holidays. I love winter holidays for that exact reason. It gets us out of our house. We light up our yards. I speak for myself. We have it's gatherings. like the holiday festivus in your backyard. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> we have gatherings, and we kind of have this collective thing. Regardless of which holiday you celebrate, there is celebration in December for sure. I remember, though, back in the day, it was just Christmas. We just kind of all assumed, well, okay, maybe I, I just assumed everybody celebrated Christmas and loved Christmas. Which I think is interesting, too, because you will you would say, I'm not a person of faith, but I've always celebrated Christmas. It's always been really important to me. Yeah. And so I think that whether you were a person of faith or not, it was just the default. It was the default. Culturally. It, culturally. And it's really interesting. I mean, I used to love the holidays so much. My family would decorate, We, you know, whatever. We have all these traditions. And I operated as though everyone else did, like without question, to the point where I remember being at work one day and talking to people about, oh, my God, it's, Christmas, it's almost Christmas. Aren't you so excited? And my coworkers were like kind of scroogey about it. And I thought, oh, surely not. Surely you love this. You're just you're just joking. And I came in the office like early, like five o'clock in the morning, and basically decorated like Santa Claus barfed all over the your workspace, the workspace, like mm. garland mm. and lights mm. and all kinds of things. Just like I'm gonna bring it to, I'm gonna be the Cindy Lou in this whole entire. How thing. did folks take that? How was that received? <laughs> Like you would imagine, they're like, "Are you kidding me?" I think I, w- I must have been in my early twenties. I was in my early twenties. Like, are you kidding me? There's a sweetness in your intent, right? Like, oh, I'm just going to bring this really fun thing, and then also 
trying to figure out what it is we are giving people. Do they actually want it or do we just want them to have it? Right, exactly. Do they even care? And what is what do the holidays mean? Like, it was so interesting to me just to be so naive that I didn't recognize holidays mean different things to different people. Different people celebrate different things. And it's not all Cindy Lou. So, I, And not just as a matter of like kind of your faith or your culture, but I think a lot of people have really bad experiences around the holidays with their families or those negative things about their families really come out. I know lots of folks who just have lots of really hard family things. Like they're expected to be with family they don't want to be with, that they're with family who, you know, whatever issue they have comes out more in the holidays. So it is a really, I just want to acknowledge, it's a super complicated time for folks. It's not all sunshine and joy and snowflakes and reindeer. Exactly. And so if you are, for instance, a Scrooge, if you kind of identify with that, there's potentially even good reasons right, for good that. Good reasons to have your experience. Yeah. And interestingly, I think holidays for some kind of point out what we're like there's this collective what you're supposed to do mm -hmm. you know like social and media. how you're supposed to feel yes and, and how who you're supposed to be exactly and it's funny because in a way covid has released us from some of that it's an opportunity to be released from that it's an opportunity i found that at thanksgiving I, and i do think karina i just want to say i just think we blow up that bullshit you yeah, know, who you're supposed to be, what you're supposed to do, what experience you're supposed to have. I just think we blow it up and we figure out what it is we do want to have. Well, exactly. And I think that was what I was saying with like Thanksgiving on a very minor scale. We don't, my family doesn't like turkey. And when I asked my kids, what do you want to have for Thanksgiving dinner? Like they were like, wait, what? We're not, we don't have to eat turkey. turkey. And I think that's it. Like we don't have to do anything. However, what you're saying, I think, does ring true for many, which is it's a difficult time. I mean, you know, we can all we can say you get to do whatever you want. But the reality of it is that's a big lift. That's a big lift. Mm -hmm. And it also it's just complicated, right? People's relationships, especially to holidays, is complicated, not only because what you're obligated to do or not to, but also the memories that it brings up or sort of the mirror that it shines on you. I have a friend who is not partnered up. She's single and has been single for a long time. And another holiday, you know, Valentine's Day, all it is is a reminder that she's never a romantic partner. Well, for for some, I think, you know, winter holidays, especially those that expect you gather with family, may also shine a light on some other things that are yeah. tough. So I did a little bit of research on sort of that the managing part. Kind of the, the coping and the managing. Yeah. And I just want to offer for our listeners a couple of different things before we move on. And, and, and one of them is, you know, like in all things, when you're kind of confronted with a situation like the holidays may present for folks, you know, really the first step in getting through them is identifying how you're feeling and really checking in with yourself. But an article, a great article uh, from the Mental Health America folks said, in addition to sort of checking in with yourself, identifying how you're feeling, etc., don't romanticize. I love that. Your typical holiday plans. Don't romanticize what you're supposed to create. Yes. Right. Yeah, I, I, that's that's so helpful to me. It's like just do your best and hope it comes out well, but don't have this expectation that it's just going to be magical, right? Because because you know stuff's going to go down exactly. And if it ever was, that was probably a very unique situation in your life. It's not every year, and it's certainly not every holiday. So yeah, like kind of removing some of the. <laughs> oh my God! Think about that piece of advice. I was just going to say, just acknowledge that it's not as great as you thought it was, but it's kind of true. 
true. It is kind you of true. You know what I mean? Like, actually, it's yes. Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh. Which is sort of a lesson in life. Yeah. Check in how you're feeling. Double check your assumptions. De-romanticize. That's probably not the right word. Anyway. No, I think it is the right word because it gives you a break from all the expectations people have about how you no, the expectations you have. Yeah. Probably others too, but you particularly have about how you're supposed to feel or what you're supposed to do. Yeah. Yeah. And and, give, and that you're failing if you don't. Right. In front of an audience in many cases, now mm-hmm. that with social media. Yeah. Let's bring this to work because I think, you know, this is yeah. Uh, holidays at work. So let's just combine something complicated, the holidays and how we feel. Yeah. With our livelihood, where we spend our most most of our time, right? People we spend our most of our time with and the fact that there aren't really accepted rituals around this at work. Yeah. And I think there are four different things that the holidays raise at work. One is gifts. What do you do about gifts? My very favorite, the dreaded holiday party. <laughs> my actual favorite, my sincere favorite activities, and then this idea of collective days off. So we're going to talk about those four things having to do with the holidays at work. So after you've given yourself a break, checked in with how you feel, and removed sort of the romantic... The weird expectations. The weird expectations. Now you have to figure out how you're going to navigate all this at work. And I love those four things that you just mentioned. Gifts is the hardest one for Mm -hmm. me. My love language is not gifts. I frequently forget that gifts are a part of certain rituals. <laughs> like I literally, I have a friend of mine, we were going. Do you know what? I know that about you. So when you give me a gift, I'm always like, oh my gosh, I love this. Because it's not just the wonderful thing that you give me because it's me, right? Yeah. But because I know it's like, oh, this is a deal. Yeah, because it's like obligatory gift giving. It's not you. It's not me. And I never think about that. And so I was like a terrible boss. Wait, what? Am I supposed to be giving people gifts right now? I'd have people remind me. But you are a gift giver. I'm a big gift giver. I love gifts. What do you think about gifts giving at work with the holidays? So I have some rules around gift giving for myself. And I just want to start out by saying that a lot of people view gift giving as a power dynamic. And there kind of is this unwritten rule in the workplace I have found. And when I was dinking around researching this show, others I think feel this too, is it's a, that gifts flow down. People don't give gifts to their boss. Their boss gives gifts to them. And as with most things about the holidays, I say we blow that up. I don't think that that is... I don't think that should be a workplace rule. I think the rule, quote unquote, should be that if you feel motivated and it gives you joy to give gifts at work, you should do that. Yeah, but gifts are complicated. So I think that people just need, this is why they need to cut all of the ties, cut all of the expectations. What I mean by that is gifts come from joy, gratitude. If they're not coming from that place, take a pass. Just take a pass. Okay, but it's complicated. What if I just want to give you a gift and not everybody? That is fine. Do it privately. Right. That's great. You have one person you want to give a gift to at work, do it privately. I find that the most, the best gift giving comes out of really joy. There is a woman in our office who gives everybody a gift at Christmas and at Valentine's Day. And they're always sweet and fun and quirky, like a pen with a crazy hair top or uh, Pez or something like They're all, it's always 
just creative and silly, and it really brings joy. Uh huh. And I also think it's really important to, and I bring that up because I think that those gifts give way more joy than they cost. Do you know what I mean? I do, yeah. And that, I think, is the best gift, right? Once you've given out of joy, and then you find something that you can do without being extravagant, mm-hmm. which is, you know, modest, right? Because mm-hmm. it is a workplace. Sure. You just want to remember somebody. Handmade gifts, of course, are great. That does not come into my bailiwick, but some people have those skills. Yeah. And they'll make cookies, or Debbie at work almost always makes something for folks, which is wonderful, right? But do you think, though, that like, so gifts are so complicated because like you started saying in a lot of workplaces, gifts go down and not up. And I can see that. Here's an acknowledgement of the work you've done. Here's a gift to you rather than a gift that, you know, which would be the gift down rather than the gift up and and pardon the hierarchy here. Um, a gift to the, your supervisor or your boss could be seen as brown nosing. I get that. Not if you give the same thing to everybody. Sure. Right. That's where it's so nice to find something really small to give to everybody or assign a card that says something you appreciate about them. Right. I mean, there's all kinds of ways to do this that are manageable and sweet and sincere. But it's also weird. What if like I'm the one person who didn't give the gift? Then am I the like office asshole? No, if you're comfortable with that, get your ground, stand your ground. Right. So I think that's it. Like you got to know what you want to, what you're willing to do, what you want to do and not bend to these expectations, which is something that I've kind of fallen prey to in the past. Like, oh crap, like, oh crap, I should have. Oh, I should have brought a gift. I didn't will even tell think you, about that. there are people at, we are a big gift giving workplace, a fun gift giving workplace. It'll be interesting to see how it's handled during COVID, but there's always just a big gift giving among all of our folks. And there are folks that don't participate. And honestly, I can't tell you who they are. You just know. I just know not everybody does, but I don't know who it is. So I would just really encourage people to not think that everybody's thinking about you. Yeah. Right. Just don't do what you don't want to do. Yeah. It's really not about you. No, it's not about you. Although it is about me. <laughs> okay, let's get down to parties. Oh, I, but I, can I say one gift? And I, and oh, of I, course. Actually I don't want to leave gifts. I have a client who recently was telling me about just the gift of words. They had a boss. Uh, you know, this is somebody who hasn't necessarily had always had a always had a positive work environment. And she's now working at a place where before Thanksgiving, the guy in charge, the boss, wrote a kind and personal note to every person on the staff. And that was the most meaningful thing to her that she had seen or received in a very, very long time. And so it doesn't always have to be a thing. Yeah, that's what I meant by do a card. What do you appreciate about that person? A little note, whatever. As a caveat, as soon as the gift is given, this is one of my big things about gifts. As soon as it's given, it's no longer yours to control. What do you mean? When, When you give me a gift... It's mine. Tell me why you bring that up. Because I move gifts on a lot. Oh, Krina. I have I have released You're myself. You're a regifter. Or donator or whatever. I've released myself from the expectation. This is another complicated thing around gifts. Is when I get when someone gives me something, the expectation is that I will keep it. And I have released myself from that. Good for you. I have coached many see, people. We go back and this. forth on who is more evolved on these things because I don't know that I could do that. Yeah. See, right? You people feel like because it was given <laughs> you to you, people, you. I'm pointing at you right now. <laughs> you people think just because something was given to you, you have to keep it or appreciate it or appreciate yeah. it, and you do have good to point. appreciate it. In the it's moment, a really good point, but it's yours. 
Good point. You get to do whatever you want with it. I love okay. it. <laughs> Moving away from gifts. Can you tell? I, gifts are complicated for me. She's not. I don't her think head. you're the only one, Karina. Thank you, Kirsten. Yeah. Thank uh, other people. So parties. Parties are complicated, you too. You know what? I, I, I'll be honest. I don't want to talk a lot about the parties because I just think they are so difficult because there's these expectations, because there's this gathering in a way that we don't usually gather. We gather around work. We don't gather around social events. We don't have a lot of practice relating during social events, right? I know my people that work with me really well, and I've worked with them a really long time. And this still, I still feel awkward at gatherings. Oh, that's re- I hadn't even thought about that. But it is funny. Yeah, it's like, well, what do we talk about? What do we talk about if we're not going to talk about work? That's what we have in common in right. many ways. Mm-hmm. Although I will say gathering and the social pieces of it builds camaraderie, builds team. No so question. you have to figure out ways to do it well. We actually had a party one time where everyone got a, had a necklace, got a necklace at the party. And if you talked about work, the person you were talking to took your necklace. Oh, nice. And so... By the end of the night, there were several people who were just like looked like Mr. T with all of their necklaces. And people were like, Mr. T? Remember? Yes, I remember Mr. T. From back in the 80s. So I was giving a speech and I started to talk about work in my speech at a work event. And a coworker came up and yanked my necklace In the middle of your speech. In the middle of my speech. Nice. Good coworker. Yeah. She, Priscilla, thanks. She kept me uh, honest for sure. Parties are weird. I think that's one of those things that COVID is going to open up for us to change. Yeah. Right. That's one of these things we're like, well, we don't have the obligation. It's like the turkey at Thanksgiving for me. I do think that the best office parties have activities in them. Right. Whether there's a gift, an elephant, a white elephant exchange, whether you have just some kind of game or some kind of we've done music, like sung songs together. We've done all kinds of things that I think those activities really start to do some bonding in a way that doesn't create discomfort, at least for me. Yeah, I hear you. So not just like everyone sit around, go through the buffet and have awkward conversation around the table. Yeah. And then drink too much because you had awkward conversation. Yeah. Yeah, That's probably a (laughs) no-no. But they are weird. It's even just like down to what people eat or what they celebrate or when you can mm-hmm. have it or mm-hmm. what you focus mm-hmm. on. or And that's all really got to be so open, right? Like yeah. when you have a holiday party, try and really bring in other people's holidays it's, as opposed to just the Christmas thing that we started with. Have it really be a winter celebration. Yeah, we stopped having holiday parties at one of the places I worked and just started doing them in January. And it was kind of like, you know, you'd have a office picnic in the summer and a indoor get together in the winter. And that was just it. My sister does her Christmas party in July. Oh, I know. It's fun. Christmas in July. It's I love Christmas it. Christmas in July. I feel like activities are one of those things that you don't even have to have a party to no, do. And I do think this is where I'm with. I, I love activities. I used to make candles. A f- lovely woman who um, is no longer with us, who I used to work with, Robin, would have people over to her house to make candles on solstice. You know what I mean? It wasn't yeah. a religious holiday. It, we weren't, but we were all just getting together. And we all learned how to dip candles in her just living such room. Such a sweet, soothing, meditative process. Yeah, and yeah. it was, you know, it was symbolic because it was also on solstice. So bringing back the light and then making candles. So things like that too. And again, COVID. 
Right. Makes it a little well, hard. Can we talk about just also COVID-specific holiday activities? One thing that's really ringing true for me is how do we support our local businesses? Especially though, you know, I mean, not especially all of our local businesses are struggling right now in COVID. And so, you know, even not being a gift giver, I've just been wandering around trying to find places where I can buy a $25 gift certificate here and there that I don't even know who I'm going to give it to yet. But I'm just trying to seed those businesses in our downtowns so that they have have access to some of these dollars that are going to spread around. This is not, it's easier to do online shopping. You can still online shop and support your local folks. I'm doing a ton of gift certificates this year to local businesses. One, because I think it's good. Two, because I want to remind people that there is an end to this. Uh And someday they will be able to go get a a pedicure at the local place or go pick up what, you know what I mean? There yeah. will be a time when this is over. Yeah. It's a, it's a message. I love that. Just mm-hmm. kind of hold on to it. Yeah. And, and also our local artists. And I know there are a lot of online, you know, you can get on Etsy, you can look, you can find artists across the world. You can also find local art mar- markets online. So do your work. If you are going to spend money or even plan activities, do your work to, to really support what's happening on, yeah, in, in your local community. It's so important right now. The thing that I want to talk about before we end is the collective days off, yeah. which I think are incredibly important for the organization, if you can, if you're not a 24-7, to take a collective sigh, a collective moment, a collective break. I think that th- that part of the holidays is a really wonderful thing to be grateful for. And you like you did something very different when you were ED with yeah, holidays. I, I learned a lesson. I have to say that the collective day, I have a, and I say time off. When I say holidays, I mean time off. Time, uh, just as a side note, yeah, one of my neighbors, you know, the business that she works at takes between Christmas and New Year's off. It's always a week off. Everybody in the office has that week off, no matter what. I worked for a judge who did that. Yeah. And it was like, super cool. You, you can plan on it. You can mm-hmm. always plan on it. Nobody is working. You are not going to take a day away and come back to more emails. And I think that's interesting, especially now in COVID and especially because we're there are so many people working remotely. But even if you're not working remotely, you're connected to your device or your, or your office so much. And when I was an executive director, we ran a business that was, it was really difficult to get everybody the same day off because we also had a retail store. A retail side, a programming side, right. all kinds of, yeah. And so to eliminate some of the, and also not everybody wanted the same days off. They didn't want the same holidays. Not everybody celebrated Christmas or Easter or et cetera, et cetera. And so um, what I did was I took all of the holidays away, not really, and rolled them into paid time off. And so you could take could Christmas. Work, you could work on Christmas Eve. You could work on Thanksgiving. You could work whenever you wanted to and just take. Yeah, and take a longer vacation in the Interesting. summertime. Interesting. And what what I realized though after doing that, which was you know people really did like in a way, but they liked it. But what I realized is what I had eliminated was this collective mm-hmm. day off, the big deep breath, the big deep breath. And so it was kind of much different than the story that I just referenced a minute ago, where you would come back after your Thanksgiving holiday and somebody would have been working and you were you know catching up and we didn't all just like leave and come back and then even share in that break 
it just created, it perpetuated this sort of cycle that... Where there's no end. Yeah, there was no, where there was no so end. So I do, that's the one thing that I really miss about being in school is I miss the end of the semester, the checking the box and being done. Yeah. And I know that that's not the case when we have these collective times off, but it does give that same feeling of, ha. Huh, Right. And then you're kind of ready to start again. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And everybody. It's a beautiful it. thing about this time of year is yeah. that there's usually some time off. And so, yeah. find yeah. And so, finding those places or recognizing the value in that collective day off was something that I missed the boat on when I was a leader. And I wish I could kind of go back and figure out how to do that better. But regardless of where you work or what holiday that you celebrate or how if you celebrate, if a you celebrate a holiday, one of the things that's, I think, a lesson that you have helped me learn over the years, Kirsten, is... I'm just all full of wisdom today, apparently. Always. It's like number three. Always. Thank you so much, wisdom. friend. Um, <laughs> as she looks at me with that weird cock-eyed cock look. <laughs> look, my bird. Um, with her glasses all scrunched up. No, it's is the lesson is to make it your own. Oh, yeah. You know, at some point, you have to release yourself. Own it. Well, first of all, yeah, you have to release yourself from the romantic idea of what it was when you were a child, if you have that, mm -hmm. or release yourself from the trauma or drama mm -hmm. uh, with the help of a therapist, most likely. You have to release yourself from the expectations that are put on you by social media or by social circles or whatever, and then figure out what you do want. Exactly. Own it. Make it your own. Make agreements with those you can make agreements with. Yes. Right? If you can do something in an agreement with somebody else, great. But if you can't, you still have yourself and you still have the ability to create what it is you want, whether you're at work with your coworkers, whether you're at home with your family. It's like, I think that this thing, this holiday thing is, and even if it's a no holiday thing for you, it's one of the best places to exercise your own agency. Yeah. This is about you mm -hmm. and, and you get to make it. And you might choose to make it about other people if it's about you, but that's what you get to choose. Right. And it really is just, let's go back to all those holidays at the beginning. It's just spectacular yeah. if that's what you want to participate in. Yeah. Right. This is a time for richness, mm -hmm. if you want it, mm -hmm. for gratitude, for generosity, for peace, for something a little different than every other day. So take a deep breath over the holidays, listeners, friends, enjoy yourself, find something good for yourself, whatever that looks like. And then we're going to be ready to hit it hard in the new year. Hit it hard in the new year. <laughs> oh my God, 2021. I can't wait. wait. Happy holidays, listeners. Thanks for listening. Take good care. Krina and Kirsten Get to Work is recorded and produced by yours truly, Krina Hoyer and Kirsten Barron. Find all of our episodes anywhere you listen to podcasts. You can also find us on YouTube, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, on our website, or email us at yougettowork at gmail.com. Thanks, Thanks for, for listening. listening. <laughs>